Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, with my co-host and mom, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Uh, it's great to be on the show today with you. And uh, I always love it when we have a male on because uh, sometimes uh, in the grief and loss world, we get a lot of female perspective, but sometimes we don't get a lot of male perspective. So uh, why don't you introduce our guest today and tell our audience a little bit about him. Okay, I will. And uh, like you said, Mom, we don't have enough of the male voice, and we're going to be talking today about men in grief. And our guest today is Barry Kluger. Barry's only child, Erica, died in a car accident. Barry is a veteran public relations executive and writes for the Huffington Post and 165 city-brand media sites. He and fellow grieving dad, Kelly Farley, began an effort to add loss of a child to the Family Medical Leave Act, which led to the Sarah Grace Farley Kluger Act, currently being considered in Congress. Welcome to the show, Barry. Well, uh, nice to uh, be with you. And yes, I can verify that I am a male. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm glad to represent uh, my gender. I love it. Absolutely. Don't you think you guys kind of get short shift? I think so. I think it's it's different. It's easy to put labels on people, but I think the reality is, as you well know, people grieve in many uh, different ways, and men certainly grieve differently from uh, women. I was speaking with one person who really described it as grieving uh, uh, masculine or feminine, and it really doesn't apply to any one particular gender. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was uh, looking, reading a little bit about, from your book. By the way, it's a great book. I really, I really uh, enjoyed getting a little insight into your life. Uh, your book's called "A Life Undone: A Father's Journey Through Loss Continues." You had some great thoughts in there, Barry. But one of the things that I thought I was, I was looking at that book. Um, I thought a little bit about my son's death, Heidi's brother, because he died suddenly, like your daughter Erica did, in an automobile accident. And uh, I'm a golfer. I know you said you were out on the golf course. Uh, I was not on the golf course at the time, but it was a sudden death. And that, uh, as a lot of our listeners know, is really unbelievably traumatic to, you know, have that sudden death. Well, the interesting thing about, as you say, uh, the sudden aspect of it is it robs us of many things. Not that we ever want to prepare for a loss, but sometimes through illness uh, and other things, people tend to kind of prepare their minds for it, to expect uh, the worst. And as I said in my book, Erica died from one of those, what I called a garden variety type of death, not to mean any disrespect to anyone who has lost a child through an automobile accident. But to me, you all I had to deal with was the craziness of this freak car accident. Uh, she was not a victim of a crime, so I didn't have that anger. Uh, she was not uh, hit by a, a driver who may have been intoxicated, so I didn't have to deal with that. She wasn't ill and didn't waste away over a period of time, so I didn't have to deal with that. I just had to deal with the suddenness and the absurdity of it, and uh, you never you never get used to it. But people have different circumstances on 
how the death affects them, uh, whether it just happens quickly or you set yourself up. Well, Barry, and I love that you're saying the absurdity of it. I've never heard anyone say that, but it is. It's absurd. It's absurd that, you know, here these two teenagers are, my brother and Erica, who just get in the car and they suddenly are dead. It just mm-hmm. doesn't even seem real. It does. It seems absurd that that it could even happen, but yet it does. You well, know, I want to move yeah. on a little bit to the fact, because you've been working on the Family Medical Leave Act, uh, I want to talk a little bit about that, but I want to start that by talking about, oh, my gosh, how is it to go right back to work? I know my husband, I don't know, two weeks later, he owned his own firm, and he had to go back and lead the charge. How was that for you? And as I'm going to say, he said he didn't lead the charge. That was a problem. So what about mm-hmm. you? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I have my own uh, advertising and PR agency, so I didn't have to ask for permission. I was really granting myself uh, permission to either take time off or uh, deal with the pain. Uh, quite honestly, I was, for me, I used the opportunity right after Erica's death to uh, make sure her uh, her mom was uh, healing, uh, or at least dealing with it, uh, with my uh, wife. Erica was my daughter from my first marriage. Uh, my parents, Erica's friends. So I really didn't focus on myself. I focused on everybody else, which caused problems several months down the road because I had kind of put it in a lockbox, put it away, and said, I'll deal with it later. So uh, I did go back to work, but I was in a haze. Uh, there are things I don't remember doing, things I don't remember saying. So uh, when we, Kelly Farley and I decided to do this bill, we had found examples of uh, parents who had uh, lost children, were forced to come back to work after three to five days, and for them it was difficult. They couldn't concentrate, productivity went down, morale went down, and it was a total mess. So I was pretty lucky compared to many of the people we're trying to help in this legislation. So, so Barry, talk to me a little bit more and talk to us about your legislation. It's the Sarah Grace Farley-Kluger Act. Is that what it's called? Yes, it is. And this uh, is the third time it's in Congress. Uh, this is the third session. We first introduced the Farley-Kluger Initiative in January 2011. And it was that time that I met Kelly Farley, who had lost two children. We met on the Internet. We Googled stories about uh, parents who have lost children. We found each other. And then we started to find this information of parents who uh, were granted three to five days uh, leave uh, with a policy known as the Federal uh, Family Medical Leave Act. Mm-hmm. which really gives people up to 12 weeks unpaid to have a child, adopt a child, or care for a sick family member, but only three to five days to bury that child. Just wow. didn't make sense to us. So yeah. we started to reach out to parents across the country through various petitions to Congress, and over a period of years, we started to get some traction, and the bill introduced last year, 2015, uh, is for last year and 2016, we're hoping to get hearings. We've got bipartisan 
support. The momentum is great. And basically what we're asking is if someone loses a child, uh, put their conditions the same as others. Give them up to 12 weeks unpaid. Some may not want it. Some may not need it. Just give them the opportunity to begin to deal with their loss, and everybody wins. It's just smart business. You know, uh, that's interesting because I had um, a man that I, I remember talking to in one of our shows who was talking about the fact that he had to go right back to work, and then uh, they t- talked him into taking another position, and he said, they promise you that it'll be there when you come back your other one, and it wasn't. So, um, you know, being able to take this time off, and it's the fact that there's already a medical leave act, that's kind of ridiculous, isn't it, that you take care of the yeah. child, but when they die, you can't take any time off. Well, it's interesting. There are people uh, who say, you know what, we have enough government regulation. And my answer to them is, well, if the bill wasn't around, we wouldn't have anything to compare our request to. But the Family Medical Leave Act was introduced in 1993, and since it was there, we just feel not including death of a child was an oversight, and that's Mm -hmm. what we're trying to correct. Right. That's good. Well, let me uh, tap your brain about some other things, and I, I think it's wonderful that you're doing this. But I, w- I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I know you're a thoughtful person. What kind of rituals do you have to to remember, Erica? Oh, it's interesting. I uh, when I uh, load the dishwasher, uh, Erica's job was always to unload the dishwasher, and when uh, when I load it. I just take a moment and uh, think, and I put a special spoon that Erica had uh, that she had gotten from her uh, younger sister, and I still have it, uh, as long, uh, along with Erica's uh, old perfumes and sweaters and soaps and uh, scents that remind me of her. And um, every time I do the wash, I put uh, her spoon in the basket, and when I'm done, I take it down and I put it back in the drawer. And it's something that I've done pretty uh, pretty regularly. I also talk to her a lot. Mm-hmm. I love that. And and your book, you've uh, you're promoting that also. That kind of connects you with her, doesn't it? And writing. It's interesting. I have kept a journal since I was 14, 15 years old. And I always wrote things down. I wrote about uh, uh, my years in college, my dating years, which uh, could very well be made into a movie someday, although not very <laughs> exciting. Uh, and then my, uh, my jobs, uh, my marriage to Erica's mother, my divorce, uh, my remarriage, So these were things that I always – I would take my thoughts and I'd write them down to make sure I don't forget them. But also, I've been a journalist all my life. Mm -hmm. So this was a way to uh, keep history in perspective and to remember the things that happened and really to put down my emotions at the time. So after Erica uh, died and I wrote about some of the issues – uh, before she died, being a teenager, being younger. When I finally uh, wrote after she had passed, I wrote about the day of the funeral. I wrote the days of the seven 
days of the Jewish ritual of uh, sitting Shiva after mm-hmm. she died. I wrote about the visit to my parents uh, just a few weeks after Erica had passed away. So these things were all there, and those are many things that I pulled from for the book. Mm-hmm. I know one of the things you say in your book that I thought was really interesting is that Jews called death the crisis of life. I thought that was really interesting. It, and it's interesting. When I read that, I had not been told that growing up. I was always told uh, what my parents considered uh, other important uh, Jewish rituals, which was after you eat a tuna fish sandwich, you can't go swimming for an hour. Uh, never, never buy uh, retail, you know, all those things that were kind of uh, uh, important to them. But, yeah, it's, uh, I guess the word is what they call life cycle. Um, but I don't think it's anything new. John Lennon really said uh, life is what happens when you visit the plans. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't want to be so glib to say death is a part of life, but these are these are life cycles mm-hmm. that we hope uh, some life cycles we hope we never have to go through, but they are life cycles just the same. So, so Barry, and thinking of it as a life cycle, it sounds like brings some comfort in the process. Is that true? Uh, comfort in the process? Yes. You, uh, For me, and again, as we say, everyone grieves differently. For me, it's, well, life happens. Life is sometimes unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a day that goes by that I don't uh, wish uh, Erica was uh, was here, but it's one of those things, these things happen. And what it does, what it did for me was prepare me for the inevitable, not to walk around each day worrying who's going to pass next or with this black cloud uh, hanging over my uh, head as I walk around the streets or through my daily life. For me, it's anything can happen. But then again, anything grand can happen. And that's something that I've tried to do myself, make great things happen. I like this, Barry, because not only did you lose your child, you lost your only child. And it sounds like you've chosen to, okay, you know what, this happened to me, and it's horrific, but I want to spend my life making great things happen and still living my life fully. Is that fair to say? It's fair. Yes, it's very fair to say. I've always been a glass half full kind of guy. And I go back and forth on this where I say, well, I lost Erica. I really didn't have a choice. And some people say, yes, you did have a choice. Well, I certainly didn't have a choice in uh, uh, her her accident, uh, in her death. But I had a choice as to what I would do with this grief and pain, whether I could make—I would never make any sense of it, but maybe I could make some use of it. And that's what I've tried to do. I've tried to take this tragedy, and I've tried to, uh, as they say, make uh, lemonade out of lemons. So I'm listening to you now, and I want to know, I kind of want to get on board and help out with this. How do I get involved with this, um, act, the Sarah Grace Farley Kluger Act? Kluger how do I find this, and how do I There are many ways. You? First of all, one can go to farleykluger.com. That's F-A-R-L-E-Y. 
K-L-U-G-E-R.com. And there you can sign the petitions and the letters that go to your elected senator or congressperson. Uh, you put in your uh, zip code, and if your congressman is uh, Jim Smith, it will uh, recognize your zip code, and Congressman Jim Smith will get a letter from you saying, please support the efforts of the Sarah Grace Farley Kluger Act to amend the Family Medical Leave Act. And really, this comes down to writing to your uh, your representative in Washington. And uh, they're the only ones who could affect change. And I kind of refuse to believe that Washington is broken. Uh, I think it just needs a little help in getting in the right direction. Mm, I like that, Barry. So if people want to find you, how do they find you? People can email me. Okay. I love getting e- I love getting emails. I love it. What's your email, email address, Barry? My, my email is Barry at BarryKluger.com. Oh, that's easy. Uh, I, I chose that because it was easy for me to remember my name if I ever forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and they can get your book on Amazon? Uh, they can get my book on uh, Kindle. Uh, okay. It's available on Kindle. And, yes, it's also available in paperback, but... Uh, I might uh, suggest uh, if they uh, want to, they can do it now, although a newer edition will be coming out in about a month and a half because we're going to recap what we've done since 2012 uh, on the legislation and also some of the, uh, the growth I've experienced in adding another four years to this journey. Fabulous. Give us the name of your book again, Barry. Uh, A Life Undone, A Father's Journey Through Loss Continues. Wonderful, Barry. So everyone out there, please get this book. Barry is someone that not only talks the talk, he walks the walk. He has found hope after loss, and like he said, he is choosing to take this tragedy and make lemonade out of lemons. Barry Kluger, it's been an honor to have you on and all the best in the Sarah Grace Farley Kluger Act. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Barry. It's great, and I'm looking forward to meeting you in person one of these days. Yes, we'll see you at the National Conference, Barry, if the Compassionate Friends in July. And as my mom and always, my mom and I always say, if you've lost hope, lean on ours. Thank you, Barry. Thanks. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio. Hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.